Praise God. I told you I was going to bring it, and I didn't even get through. I didn't even get the scripture yet. Amen. I'm ready, okay? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, are the, are the people at, in, in the Facebook realm, are they ready? Are the people in YouTube, are they ready? Are the people that may listen to the podcast on the other 25 networks that the podcast is on, are they ready? Because we got a situation going on, okay? And like they said in NASA, Houston, we got a problem, okay? Houston, we got a problem. America, we got a problem. The problem is America has thrown Christ out. The problem is no one seeking after God. The problem is no one is submitted to the Word of God. No one submitted to the Spirit of God. No one submitted to the understanding that we are accountable to a holy, righteous, and almighty God that one day all of us will stand before him and give an account. Every one of us. This message I want to preach tonight, I, I titled it, the pro, uh, I titled it, Seeking God, The Changed Desire. Now, I want to do a little uh, renaming of this right now because in all reality, what we're really talking about is seeking God, the changed heart. Because your heart has to be different. Something has to change. Right now, we see in America that their heart is wicked and bent on evil, that it will not does not understand the things of God and will not submit to the things of God and anybody who tries to tell them to is wrong and they need to get out of here. But the only reason that we have the country we have is because of Almighty God. Many of our founding fathers knew this. Even our great Declaration of Independence. We the people declare these truths to be self-evident. And every man has been endowed by his creator with certain unalienable rights. These rights is life, liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. But to pursue happiness and to ignore life is to do injustice to that happiness. And to pursue happiness and ignore freedom is to do injustice to that happiness. We need to understand that we live in a great and terrible day where people need to choose. People need to choose whether they follow God or not. People need to choose whether they believe God or not because time, my friends, is not something the world has. So I titled this Seeking God, The Changed Desire. 
I'm going to start in Romans chapter 3, but before I get there, I want to talk about the problem of seeking God. The problem of seeking God. Now, you're like, well, pastor, I don't see a problem with people seeking God. Isn't people seeking God all the time in their own way? Nope. Everybody's doing it right, pastor? Nope. Because what America and modern Christianity call seeking God, what they really mean is they want to believe that there's a higher power. They want to believe that there's a God, and they might even name this God Jesus, but they want this Jesus or this God to fit in the box that they make. They want this Jesus or this God to fit the mold that they make. They want this God or this Jesus to follow their rules, to follow their way of thinking. And Almighty God is all the while standing back saying, my ways are higher than your ways, and so is my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You cannot comprehend. You do not see. The problem is, there's a heart problem. Not everybody's seeking God. They want to find a God that fits their idea. But they don't want it to submit to God. The idea that a God has to do what you say, he ain't a God. The idea that a God would have to follow you and your will, he's no longer God. The idea that God has to ask permission from those who are created is not a God. And it is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible works all things according to the purpose of his own will. The God of the Bible does not take counsel from man, nor does he need to. The God of the Bible is sovereign over all things. And he does not, will not, bow to the will of men, ever. So no matter the victory in the United States, be sure that God Almighty has a specific day set aside to judge the whole world. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. We will all be separated like sheep from goats, from wheat and tares. And we will stand, each one of us, before a holy, omnipotent, omniscious, righteous, almighty God. And we will have to give an account of our life. The question is not, does every, doesn't everybody seek God? The question is, does man desire or seek after God at all outside of Christ? Does man seek after and run after and look, really look for God outside of Christ? Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 9, I believe. Somebody, you didn't have, okay, good. Verse 9, what then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we 
have before proved that both Jews and Gentiles, they, uh, that they are under sin. Everybody look at your neighbor and tell them, there's the problem. Sin is the problem. Sin's the problem. Amen. The Bible doesn't write about your best life now so you can have money and mansions and cars and things and even healing. The healing that we need is a, a healing from being dead people who are lost and dead in our trespasses and sin. And we need to be made alive in Christ Jesus because sin has killed humanity. That's the message. He said, as it is written, there is none righteous. Look at your neighbor and say, how many? How many? None. There's none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open, open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poisons of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, and their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they know not. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Does that not speak of today? Does that not, can you not just turn the news on? Can you not just turn a uh, radio on and hear about how men are desperately depraved and wicked things? Well, well Pastor God made all men. God didn't make men fall. Man brought that on mankind. Man brought sin into the world. Man brought sin upon the human race. And we each are accountable. It says here that there's none that seeketh after God. Outside of Christ, outside of the gospel, all these people are wandering after things that will not fill them, things that will not sustain them, Things that will not save them. Understand? There's a difference between seeking after a God and seeking after the God. We've got to have our first understanding of who God is. God is not one of many ways to heaven. There is only one God. There is only one way. Understand, right? This is the understanding we must have to come to God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6, if you will. We're going to learn some more. Starting at verse 17. But be thanked that you were once servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which delivered you. Woo! Here we go. Where did he say believe from, Mike? You have believed from the heart 
The problem is the heart. The problem is my heart. Outside of Christ, it's desperately wicked, deceitful. Wicked above all things. Amen? Watch this. Let's finish reading this one. I'm going to get on to some verses that, you, that, that, that you're going to need. Okay? Being then made. I want you to underline that word made in your Bible. Okay? Being then uh, being. Wait, I lost my place. There we go. Being then made free from sin, ye became servants unto righteousness. Being then made free from sin. I got made free from sin. Look at your neighbor and tell them you can't free yourself. You cannot free yourself. It is the work of God that frees everyone who believes. Everyone. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. Now, look at your neighbor and tell him, now. Now, what's he talking about now? He's talking about when you're born again, right? Talking about when you got saved. He's talking about when God took the heart of stone out of you and put in a heart of flesh when you were born again. He said, but now, being made Free from sin. There's that word made again. And become servants unto God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The problem was you once were dead in sin. And then what happened? God saved you. God spoke to your stony, lost, dead heart. And in a moment, you were changed. That heart that was stony, dead, and calloused was now a heart of flesh that was alive and responsive. To God its creator. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my words, then are ye my disciples. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
Then he answered them, we, or did they, uh, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to anyone. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Now, first of all, they just lied to his face. They were Abraham's seed, all right, but they were in bondage to Rome right then. They were under Roman rule. They, they didn't even understand. Do you realize that most people that are in bondage don't know it? Do you see how these Jewish people were perplexed at the idea that they were in bondage? But they were under the rule of Rome right then. Here's another idea. What you know, they were blind to their physical. They were blind, they were blind to their physical bondage. They were also spiritually blind about their spiritual bondage. Because spiritually they were bond they were in bondage to sin. And if you're in bondage to sin, you are in death. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. If I can remember where I left off. Okay, here we go. Verse 34. And Jesus answered them, Barely, barely, I say unto you, whoever commits sin is a servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the Son abideth forever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my words have no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Wow. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, We, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why did you, why did ye not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father's a lie. But, I, but because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you conceiveth me of sin, or convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. What was going on? 
What was going on with these Pharisees? These, these men, these Jews that supposedly believed on him. Because they were blind to their physical bondage. And they were blind to their spiritual bondage. They thought that just having the law was enough. But it, it's much more than that. We've got to know the lawgiver. We have to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, who was the teacher of Israel, you must be born again. Every man, woman, and child is under bondage to sin outside of Christ. No, they don't seek after God. No, they don't do good. They don't want to because their heart is not running after God. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to wrap this up as quickly as I can, but I'm not going to get in a hurry tonight. Is that all right? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 1. I'm going to read to verse 10. And you hath he quickened. Y'all want to know what the word quickened means? Made alive. Made alive. That's what the word quickened means. It means made alive. And you have he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. He just described every person that does not know Jesus Christ. He just described them, that they followed the lusts of their own flesh and their own mind and fulfilled the desires of their own flesh and were by nature children of wrath. That's our nature outside of Christ. Now, I circled this in my King James Bible, and you may want to circle it in yours. And I know the NASB may have this too. It says, but God. Is that what it says? But God. That's our hope. Our hope is not in us. Our hope is not in our confession. Our hope is not in our good works. Our hope is in God. My hope is that one day you guys and those who are watching understand no matter where you're at, no matter how trapped in sin you are, but God. I remember 14 years old trapped in sin and trapped in, in death. And I remember God found me. God saved me. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even while we were dead in sin, hath he quickened us, quickened us. What hath he made us alive with Christ? By grace are you saved. 
even when we were dead in our sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the aged, ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. I'm going to say that again. For we are his workmanship. Created, created, created. Notice he says, created in Christ. You don't help create yourself. Not one of us in our natural birth helped create ourselves. Our parents did. Just like in spiritual birth. You are not responsible for you being born again. God does the work. God saves. Do men have to turn their hearts and repent and all? That is correct. We do. God doesn't absolve us of that, does he? But do you understand? It's not the repentance that saves you. It's God that saves you. Before you can ever say, oh God, I repent, God had to reveal to you that you needed him. God had to reveal that you had a great and desperate need for him. First thing I notice in these set of verses is that we were dead in trespasses and sin. Those who are in sin are dead. So don't be surprised when they don't get it. Don't be surprised when they act worldly and act dead because they are. They need the gospel. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We must preach the gospel. The only hope for America is us preaching the gospel and letting people come face to face with Almighty God. Amen? Which way? No! They can't help but they're dead people. They don't have no... When you... When you're, when, before you were born... You didn't choose not to be born, did you? Okay. They answer your question. They're dead. They have no idea they're dead. They have no idea they're lost. Amen? And you go, man, I don't understand why they don't understand these things. I'm telling them. Because they're dead. Jesus was talking to people who thought they had it figured out. Jews, Pharisees. And he looked at them and he said, you're doing what your father, the devil's telling you. Don't tell me those people were God's people. Jesus said they were the devil's people. They're dead. They didn't know they were dead. Watch this. Made me free. I, I, put, a, I put an underline on this. Made me free. God has sovereignty over all things, does he not? 
then God is still sovereign in salvation and it is still, it, the born again experience will never happen outside of God's hand wooing and changing a heart. It will never happen. There's never going to be one person saved without God's knowledge. There's never going to be one person saved that didn't do it or didn't respond just the way God wants them to. Not one time in all of history will it ever happen. Why? Because if God is truly sovereign, God, God not, I'm not talking about just foreknowledge, I'm talking about sovereignty. Foreknowledge is one thing, I just know who's going to do it. But we know that Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, no one can come to me except what? Except the Father draws them. So I can't get to the Son without the Father, and I can't get to the Father without the Son. There's one way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? So I have to do it Jesus' way. I have to do it God's way. I have to respond to the gospel. There's only one way to heaven. Hear the gospel, believe the gospel, receive the gospel. Amen? Problem with a lot of people, you know, we get lost on this election thing and people are like, oh, you know, we choose and then, oh, no, God chooses. The problem is we don't know. I see both in the Bible, God choosing, yet men choosing, okay? Jesus chose, yet his disciples still chose to follow him. Right? We see two things happening at the same time, and all of it, God's still in control. That doesn't change my message one bit, whether people choose or whether God chooses. My message better be, come to Christ. My message better be Jesus crucified, dead, buried, rose from the dead. That's the message. That's the gospel. Amen? I don't worry about all this other stuff because God will do whatever God wants to do. My message, my goal is to preach the gospel that Jesus came to save sinners. Of whom I'm chief. Outside of God the Father drawing, John 6 and 44, and God the Father revealing who Christ is, Matthew 16 and 17, no one will seek after God. You need to be made alive. You need to be born again. You need to be saved before your heart will ever say, God, I want you. No one who's dead cries out for God. No one who's dead seeks after God. Romans 3. There's none righteous. There's none that seeketh after God. There's none that do good. No, not one. Amen? This is how This, however, does not absolve humanity of guilt from not seeking God. It says that humanity doesn't seek after God. It doesn't say God's making humanity not seek after him, does it? Notice the word. 
It doesn't say God's making them run after sin. It doesn't say God's making them run away from him. The problem is their heart's wrong. They're still dead. Dead people won't run after God. Just because they won't run after God doesn't mean God absolves them of the guilt of not seeking him. Because Romans chapter 3 bears witness against us that it is in part of our, it is part of our fallen nature, our fallen state, the sinfulness that dwells in us that causes us to run away from God. Therefore, God does not absolve us of not seeking him. We're still told to seek the Lord while he may be found. We're told to, to we'll find God if we seek him with all of our heart. We're told, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Amen? But I came to let you know that no one who's dead will do that. They have to be made alive. Their heart is the problem. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Starting at verse 12, we're going to read two verses, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Notice that if you don't put your faith in Christ at the great white throne judgment, you will be judged according to your works. If you don't put your faith in Christ, you will be judged by the works of your life. And if it was up to that book, remember what it's going to take to get to heaven. Perfection. If you think that you're going to get to heaven on your own good works, the reality is it only takes one sin to send me to hell. One sin. And we stand before God, and if you want to try to, let, let's do a scenario here where hypothetically we're going to go to heaven, and we're going to stand on our own merit, our own righteousness, where our good works are going to be judged. How many of you thought an impure thought today? I'll raise my hand. How many of you said a bad word today? I'll raise my hand. How many of you, how many of you, how many of you thought evil about somebody else that you shouldn't have today? How many of you had hatred for your brother today? How many of you had lust in your heart even a little bit today? How many of you were angry with somebody for no reason? The problem is every day we wake up, if our life was only judged by one day of our life, every one of us would split hell wide open. And that's the truth. 
one thought, one intention. Because to get to heaven demands perfection. And that ain't you. And that ain't me. Go with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. <clears throat> Just before the flood of Noah, we're going to start. Uh, we'll just read verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. That describes the heart of man. That describes the heart of every man and woman on the face of this planet. That the heart of man is wicked. And the thoughts and the intents of man's heart are continually evil. But there's good news, amen. Let's get to the good news, amen. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 36. My buddy Mike's going, man, I'm glad to get in here, Kevin. I like this one. You like this one, don't you, Mike? Mike likes this one. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24. For I will take out, I will take you out from among the heathen, and gather you out of all countries, and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all of your filthiness, from all of your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you the heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Brothers and sisters, Christ does this at salvation. There is not one person who is born again that this does not happen to. If the truly, a truly regenerate, born again person's heart is turned from stone to flesh, God impl implants his spirit in them and causes them to change. That's the gospel message. Those who are born again, those who are regenerated, those who are saved are changed and given a new heart. Then and only then can you seek the Lord and follow his ways because God gives you his spirit and causes you to walk in his ways. God empowers you to live a life worthy of the call that has been given to you. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
verse 16. We're going to start there. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath com uh, committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And this is all of our job, not just the preacher, not just the pastor. Right here. Now, then, we are ambassadors. I want you to hold your hand up. We, now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. For he hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made, made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tonight, my message to America, my message to this church, my message to Coffeeville, my message to those who are listening on Facebook, watching this on Facebook, those who are going to listen to the podcast, the message is this. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He, he was buried and he rose again three days later that whosoever would put their faith, believe in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. Right now I believe God is drawing, the Father is moving by his word, by this message, reaching into hearts, reaching into lives, turning their hearts from stone turning their hearts from dead and dying, fleshless hearts to hearts that are alive and full of love and a new spirit because they have believed the gospel that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says that if I would believe this in my heart and confess it with my mouth, I will be saved. And he promises. Everybody goes, oh, when we, you know, we talk about election, we go, well, we don't know who the elect are. That's right. That's why I still have to go with Romans chapter 10, verse 13, that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord, because that call only will happen if God Almighty is wooing them anyway, because they're not seeking after God on their own. They are not running after God on their own. No one will say that Jesus Christ is, is the Son of God or come in the flesh without the Spirit of God. So we must understand the call has to be made to all because I don't know who the elect is. Amen? My goal, my, my mission with this message was to show America, where they need to run, what they need to be seeking. We need to be seeking God right now. We need to be running after God with everything in us right now. Our hearts that have been turned and transformed 
if we've been wavering with little things and this thing and that thing, we need to lay it aside. We need to run with patience the race that's set before us because at any moment, our moment could come. Whether you, whatever your eschatology is, here's the truth. We're all going to die, every one of us. Unless the Lord comes back, every one of us will die. And it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So what do we have to look forward to after death? Judgment. And either we will be one of those whose names are found in the Lamb's book of life. Or we will be one of those who will be judged by their works. And we know that in. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your message. Thank you for your word and the severity of the gospel message, Lord. Lord, we know that America needs the gospel. We know that those who are, there are those who are listening that don't know you. There are those who are listening, God, that may have just today first turned on this Facebook post, just first today turned on this podcast and they may be sitting there going I believe this and I want Christ and I have come to the, the place in my life where I want Christ God thank you for saving thank you for delivering thank you God for making those people born again and God I pray that you would send people to them that can lead them and disciple them and help them to grow in their Christian faith Lord, we know that this will not be accomplished by man's might or man's power, but by your spirit. We ask that you would do it, and we believe you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.